Hello and welcome back to Resonate Community Church's Sunday Stream. Mike Savage here. I'm the Director of Student Ministry at Resonate Community Church. Uh, anxiously and excitedly getting super excited about the move into our new building at the old Knights of Columbus building in Shakopee, Minnesota. But in the meantime, we continue on with our Wednesday night programming and checking in every week digitally with you via the Sunday stream, whether it's on live, uh, 6.30 p.m. on YouTube or our student ministry webpage, or archived on either of those platforms or podcasts. We're so excited to have the chance to come back and connect with you every week to see how things are going and to Stay connected and, of course, uh, work together to advance our understanding of what God wants in our lives. So, uh, Wednesday night, what a fantastic, fantastic night. It was a little cooler. The sun went down a little faster, as you've noticed, but the fires were going. The music was going. Uh, we had some light out there and just some great teaching. Great, great turnout, uh, even in the fall conditions outside in the dark. Uh, you know, God can't stop us. We're still going to get out there and... Uh, and, and read his word together and do our thing. So, so without any further ado, we have some announcements to talk about here, and we'll get to those in just a minute. So we have some things happening in student ministry. So obviously we meet every Wednesday night out at the Knights of Columbus building. Well, we're going to stop calling it that. We're going to call it the, the, the Resonate Community Church building, obviously, out in the courtyard area. But we do have some uh, things to talk about here. So I want you to mark your calendars for October 25th. We talked about this on Wednesday night. Uh, some written communication went out about this this week. And here I am coming back at it through the Sunday stream with you. But fall favorites, this is really cool. This is October 25th, it's a Saturday. It's the Saturday before Halloween and it's gonna go from one o'clock to two o'clock. So it's a quick hour. And on October 25th, we as a student ministry are gonna be partnering with our younger kids ministry, Resonate Kids Ministry, and in a collaborative effort to reach out to families, to reach out to our community. And we are going to open up a little fall favorites festival, if you will, where there will be all sorts of games, trunk or treat, uh, opportunities to do crafts. And we are looking for students to volunteer. We have a great number of students volunteering already, but we could use more. Uh, so if you would like to volunteer, your parents have been sent an email where there's a sign up link. Go ahead and hit that email uh, up and then hit the sign up link. All you do is you sign up and write your name in or your parents write your name in and we'll, and we'll see you there on the 25th. But I'm thinking that's going to be a great night to serve together, but also just to hang out together. Um, it's going to be, you know, I don't want to downplay it, but it should be pretty easy uh, volunteering work and just a great opportunity to be with your friends, uh, see families around Resonate Community Church. Um, super, super great day. So think about that. Saturday, October 25th, Fall Favorites, partnering with Kids Ministry. Should be super fun. Also, a little sooner than that, as you guys know, especially students in uh, uh, public schools in Minnesota, it's MEA week. You know, an MEA week means it's already time for a break. <laughs> it's been a heck of a school year so far, but it is MEA week. And uh, so there's, so what we typically do in student ministry is we, we take part in the break as well. So there's no programming next Wednesday night. Um, so if you're watching this on Sunday, I think that makes it the 17th. I guess I don't have a calendar right in front of me, but next Wednesday night, there is no programming. Uh, so if you show up at the courtyard at RCC, uh, you're not going to see us. So, but we'll go, we'll be coming back next Wednesday. Uh, and this will also hold true for the Sunday stream. We'll just take a good break, reconnect, 
and uh, get back to uh, studying the Bible together the week after MEA. Uh, also, uh, newly posted on the student ministry webpage, head over there. It's, uh, it's on our web, our webpage. And we, I have downloaded our devotionals. We talked about devotionals on Wednesday night, uh, a daily check-in on what uh, the Bible is speaking to you. And those devotionals are now posted on the website right above the video player for you to review, connect with, uh, and add into your daily living with God. So enjoy those devotionals. Can't wait to hear how those are uh, making God just stir in your heart. So with that, uh, thanks, and I'll see you around. Okay, well, I'd like to open this up in a quick prayer here this, this evening. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the Bible. Thank you for your word that is constantly moving in the Bible uh, and, and, and how you move through devotionals and how you move through conversations and how you move through praise and worship. Just so grateful that you find ways to just make yourself present. Sometimes we have to seek you out, but sometimes you're just right there. And just uh, thank you for the Bible and all the other ways that you show up in our lives. Guide us as we move through these conversations here um, this evening. And uh, whatever it is, God, that you want us to learn in our hearts tonight, uh, we just ask you to make that so clear. We love you. Amen. It's, it's me, Carl. Hello. Hi. So if you're living under a rock, you probably haven't heard, but we wrote a devotional. Yes, we did. Whether or not I'd like to admit it, Brock did have a big part in it, unfortunately. So him being the number one Gen Z language translator, I figured what a better time than to let old Brock share some of his new Gen Z Bible translations. So here we go. Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Mimu food goes bye-bye, and pedal pads take an L, but Cap G scripts are perm. Psalm 147, verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds their wounds. He doctors your saddies and band-aids your boo-boos. Micah 7, Verse 8, Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Don't flex on me, sus dudes. If I slip, I don't dip. When life goes on dark mode, Cap G keeps it lit. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. I Marco pillowed Cap G and he didn't leave me on red and snatched up all my scaries. Psalm 119, verse 11. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I got your holy scripts padlocked in my chest thumper. Matthew 5, verse 44. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Love thy boomer and pray for them Karens. Wait a second, who's Karen? You're a Karen. No, I'm a Carl. Okay, boomer. <laughs> okay, Zoomer. Get it? It's a Gen Z. 
Nine or ten. What? Oh, sorry. I thought you asked me how many times I thought you wet the bed this month. Okay. Zero. I heard it was ten. Zero times. I don't, I don't wet the bed anymore. Okay. <sighs> well, welcome back. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into the teaching part of the Sunday stream here this evening. I'll just take a couple minutes to um, to set us up here. We're going to be tossing it over to our friends at Orange here in just a moment as they continue on with week two of our explained series. But before we get into that, I just wanted to spend a little a couple minutes here recapping what went down on Wednesday night. Wednesday night was a, like I said at the top, a fantastic, fantastic night. Just a great, great evening. Uh, we packed a lot in the hour. Um, but the big thing we talked about um, in our small groups and a little bit in large group too was this idea of reading the Bible and and accidentally taking Bible verses out of context. You know, it's very it's very easy to do. There are, there are verses that just pop out uh, and are just, you know, for lack of a better term, they're just classics. And, um, and these verses can... Um, can be un unfortunately misunderstood if they're taken out of context. And uh, we want to be careful about that. We absolutely want to be careful about that. And what we talked about was this idea of finding a verse and reading above and below the verse to get the full context. And what I also shared on Wednesday night was this idea that if, you, if, if a verse shows up in a chapter or a section of a chapter, in a section meaning a part of the Bible that has a little mini subtitle, you know, a good strategy is to read that full section of the chapter uh, from subtitle to the end where the next subtitle begins. Read the whole uh, passage, if you will, the section, if you will, where that verse of interest is for you. And then it's a great way to get a little better context as to what's going on with the, that that. Um, that, that verse. So we're going to talk a little bit more about today. Our friends from Orange will walk us through that a little bit more. It's a great, it's a great lesson. Uh, and then our devotionals, you know, I just want to take a minute to talk about devotionals. So those of you who are working with the devotionals, those were passed out on Wednesday night. And like I said earlier, they're available on the student ministry webpage. Um, I'm just going to read the first one to you here. You, if you've been doing devotionals, you've probably done this one already, but just to kind of give you an idea of what these devotionals uh, can offer. Uh, day one says this, no matter how well we might know a road, a path, or a route somewhere. Trying to find our way in, a com in complete darkness is never ideal. No matter how familiar it might be, without light, it is a challenge. And so then um, we get, there's some commentary next, and it says the writer of the psalm describes God's word as a lamp and a light for our path, meaning it helps show us what's ahead. With the help of God's word, we can see where we are heading and what's coming. We don't have to live in the dark and we don't have to guess what's ahead. The Bible shows us if we are headed in the right direction or if we have to adjust our course direction. And then there's some action. Today, and maybe you did this already, which is fantastic. Today, ask God to show you through reading his word what he wants you to shine a light on in your life and where he wants to guide you. And then really have that conversation with God. Really have that moment with him where you talk that through. And then there's a verse that accompanies this. And the verse to, for this day of devotionals is Psalm 119.105. And like I said earlier, it's a classic verse. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Okay, and so there you go. So you read the devotional. You do the action, 
you read the verse and then to take it one step further don't just read the verse read the whole psalm where that verse is you'll get the context of what that verse really means so with that um, i hope the devotionals are going well for you if you're not on the devotionals oh, i would really encourage you to uh to get involved with them they can really really make a difference in your life but without any further ado uh, we are now going to turn it over to our friends over at orange and here is week two of explained i'll see you after the video today by telling a story. Back in the day, a guy and a girl from two different tribes of people got married. At their wedding reception, the groom told a riddle to some guys from the bride's town and made a bet with them that they couldn't solve it. So the guys went to the bride and asked for a favor saying, hey, I know y'all just got married, but we need you to get your guy to give us the answer to this riddle and then tell it to us. And if you don't, we're gonna kill you and your parents. Got it? So the bride begged her husband for the answer, and he caved. She passes the intel to her hometown bros. They solved the riddle and they won the bet. Now the groom was unhappy about this. He lost his temper, killed a bunch of their people, and then left town. The bride's dad is like, wow, that was the worst wedding reception ever. He assumes the groom is gone for good. So he gives his daughter to be married to somebody else. But after a little time passes, the groom comes back and he asks his wife's dad, hey, where's my wife? The dad's like, uh, I thought you were gone, so I gave her to be married to someone else. Why don't you marry her younger sister? She's more prettier anyways. The groom is like, uh, no. And so again, the groom flips out. He captures a bunch of foxes and lights their tails on fire. I mean, can someone say animal cruelty? The foxes run around like their tails are on fire because they are. And in the process, they start a wildfire that burns down a bunch of the grain, vineyards, and the olive groves in town. Now here's what's crazy. This story is in the Bible. It doesn't read exactly the same way that I told it, but the basic plot is there. It's found in the book of Judges in the Old Testament, chapters 14 and 15. And as a kid, I would hear this story and other stories from the Bible, and I think, what does this story from the Bible have to do with my life? teaching me to never tell riddles at a wedding reception? Is it trying to teach me not to set animals on fire? Like, what is this even about? Last time we met, we started a conversation about the Bible. And we said that Jesus is the point of the Bible and that when the Bible is confusing, knowing that the point of the Bible is getting to know Jesus better makes it clear. But the truth is, Jesus doesn't show up in a lot of the things that we read. He doesn't appear in the story about the foxtails. Jesus helps us see God more clearly and helps us see the whole story of God and humans more clearly. But what are we supposed to do with the rest of the Bible? What about verses that seem weird? If your Bible verse of the day is, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. What are you supposed to do with that? 
Stories that seem crazy, with talking donkeys and voices coming out of fire. Commands that don't make sense. There's a command in Leviticus for people not to wear clothes that are made out of two different kinds of material. So if you're wearing a cotton polyester blend, you're in trouble, right? Wait, that doesn't seem right at all. The point is, sometimes there's a disconnect between what we're told about the Bible and what we actually experience when we read it. We're told that the Bible can change us, help us, and guide us. But when we take the time to read it ourselves, it can actually be quite confusing. And how can something confusing change us, help us, and guide us? Is there something that we're missing? Is there a different way to do this? And if there was a different way, would it help us understand verses like, don't wear clothing made out of two different fabrics? Is there a way for verses like that to be explained? The good news is, there is a way forward. And understanding that the Bible is and what it's meant to be helps us to get the Bible in a way maybe we haven't been able to before. So let's start with the basics. There are two halves of the Bible. The Old Testament, also known as the Hebrew Scriptures, and the New Testament. The Old Testament is the Jewish Bible and it's pre-Jesus. The New Testament includes Jesus's life and the start of the church after Jesus died and came back to life. But within these two parts, there's a lot going on. It's a big book, and in fact, it's not a book at all. Here's what I mean. The Bible is actually 66 different documents and documents of different types that got put all together. There are poetry books and books that include laws given to the people of Israel. There are books the people of Israel wrote of their history and wisdom books, books containing a lot of advice. There are letters, lots of letters written to different people in different parts of the world. And they are all wrapped up into one big book. To better understand this, I want you to think about the words you have to read in your regular life. And hold on, I can show you. So we've got all different kinds of books here. We've got like a history book that maybe you have to, you know, read in your, you know, AP history class. We've got like some sort of instruction manual teaching you how to do something. Maybe when you were growing up, you were really into comics. So you've got that, um, a, a whole booklet of all the texts that you've received in, in your life, all wrapped up in this nice little notebook here. Just, you know, self-help books that, you know, that, people have given you as gifts on Christmas that you just haven't really had the time to, to read. Something fun, you know, something enjoyable that you like to read. And then just a, a book of just poetry and literature that's bounded up in nice gold foil there, right? Now imagine them all, all these books just being mashed together and, and we put this cover all around them and this represents the story of everything. Like this is your whole life as a book. Yikes. I mean, it's kind of true, right? A big part of your life is in here, but it's also not all the same. Like what if someone opened up this giant book to the part where it was originally like your history textbook and was like, oh wow, obviously the, the Civil War played a really important part in this person's life, right? And everything is just starting to fall apart right now because that also happens in life too. Or what if somebody read the text and, and thought that that was the history of your life or some, some really bad poetry that was put together? 
Or, and this is scary, what if they read the whole thing from front to back and assumed it was all in chronological order? Maybe they would assume you were born during the American Revolution, grew up during Shakespeare's time and lived through the invention of cell phones. I know this is all really silly, but here's what I'm getting at. We do this to the Bible all the time because all the documents have one big cover around them and we call them the Bible. People get confused and believe it's all the same or it's all in order or every single piece of it is meant to be read in the same way and it's confusing. When we read the Bible without understanding, we're actually reading one of 66 different documents. We're missing one hugely important piece of scripture. We're missing context. Sometimes it's helpful for me to think of it this way. I'm not reading the Bible. I'm reading a document found in the Bible. I'm not reading a book. I'm reading a letter written to a specific group of people living in the first century, or pieces of wise advice a father wrote down for his son, or a history book recording everything that happened, or a song written to God by someone who knew him well, or an eyewitness account of someone who actually hung out with Jesus. Context matters. It changes how we read everything. So we are gonna look at two passages, and the first is from 2 Timothy. This is what we know. It's called 2 Timothy because it was the second letter written to a guy named Timothy. The Apostle Paul, a mentor who was a close friend to Timothy, was the one who wrote it. Timothy was a pastor of a church in Ephesus, a church full of people who were struggling with all kinds of things. And this is what Paul writes. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, be sure to bring the coat I left with Carpus at Troas. Also bring my books and especially my papers. Context makes this make sense. Paul left his jacket and wants Timothy to bring it back. Let me give you a second example. If you've been around the church for a while, then you've probably have heard or read this verse. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. With no context, this verse could seem like we just stumbled across a magic genie in a bottle. I can dunk a 10-foot basketball goal through Christ who gives me strength. I can pass Spanish without studying through Christ who gives me strength. I can get multiple dates this year through Christ who gives me strength. With no context at all, this sounds like a formula for living the life of our dreams. But does it mean what we think it means? Here, context helps. This was also a letter written by the Apostle Paul, but this time to an entire church. Imagine if a leader at church moved to take a job in another state and then wrote our church a letter to read out loud during service. That's the idea of this letter, but there's more. Paul wrote to them from prison after being arrested for his faith. And in this part of the letter, Paul was thanking them for sending him some financial support and acknowledged their kindness. At the same time, he assured them that they didn't need to feel obligated to send more money. Paul let them know he'll be okay, whether he has a little or a lot. He's like, I've had a full stomach and a hungry one, and I've learned to be content either way. So this section is really about contentment. And Paul is letting them know that he's figured out how to be peaceful and content with his life, whether life is going good or bad. And as Paul writes this letter, things are actually really difficult for him. So how can Paul find contentment even as he writes from prison with very few things going his way? For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Paul was dependent on Jesus. 
His close relationship with Jesus gave him the power and strength to persevere and find peace, even when things were tough. So the point isn't so much, we can win this game because God is on our side. It's more like, because of Jesus, we can be okay. Whether we have a lot of money or a little, whether life is going our way or not, we can turn our attention away from our circumstances and on to Jesus. And in turn, we can find peace through him. See how the verse changes as we discover context? It helps us understand it better and it helps us know what we are supposed to do with it now. Think of it this way. Context creates clarity. I mean, imagine if you found a note on the floor at your school. I know people don't write notes to each other anymore, but just follow along with me. Let's say it was a note that was exchanged between two friends in a different class, but one of them dropped it in the hallway. You picked it up and the note said this, quit acting like a bully. I already said I'm sorry, why can't you just drop it? Would you read that note and think, am I acting like a bully to someone? What am I holding onto that I need to drop? No, you would understand the note was written to someone else. You would assume there was conflict between two friends and you would accept the fact that there was more to the story than you know. But we read the Bible this way a lot. We randomly pick verses or passages and have no idea why they were written or who they were written to. We try to assume we should do exactly what they say in our own lives, even if that wasn't the whole point. No wonder it can be so confusing sometimes. Without background and the bigger picture behind words in the Bible, we're just guessing at what we're supposed to learn from it. And don't miss this. If what we said last week is true, if the point of the Bible is to know God better, it's too important to just guess at what's going on. If we miss the backstory, if we miss the big picture, we run the risk of missing out on understanding the God behind it all too. So instead of being overwhelmed by what we don't understand, let's look for what we can learn in context. The next time you come across a verse you don't understand, try asking these questions. Who wrote it and who was this written to? Sometimes a passage doesn't make sense to us because we don't understand who the audience is. Start there. Second, why was it written down? Second Timothy was written to encourage a friend in his leadership as a Christian. Philippians was written to remind a group of people that they were loved by God and Paul, the author of the letter, was trying to encourage them to keep following Jesus. When you can figure out the why, it can make what was written more clearly and more easily understood. The third question, is what made people think this information should be written down or saved. Over the thousands of years since some of these texts were written down, decisions had to be made about what texts would be included and what wouldn't. What about what you're reading made people think it was important enough to protect? And fourth, is it helpful to me or not? The whole Bible is important, but not all parts are equally helpful to you every moment of every day, and that's okay. A tip could be to read a passage of scripture until you bump up against something that is helpful and then stop there. Think about it. Maybe write down a few thoughts on why it's helpful and what you plan on doing with it. The Bible has the ability to change our lives, but sometimes getting to the part that can be life-changing takes more than just closing our eyes, opening to a page, and reading the first words we see. So what if you and I made a decision to quit looking at the Bible with all kinds of confusion and start looking at it with courage instead. 
Instead of us throwing up our hands and giving up because the Bible doesn't make sense, what if we approached it with curiosity and put in the effort to discover why things were written? What if we took the Bible seriously, even when things don't make sense immediately? Context creates clarity. And clarity helps us discover why what was written down was written down and how it's helpful to our lives right now. And as we discover what's helpful, we become people who are changed for the better. Oh, well, there we have it. That's a wrap for the Sunday stream this week. Whether you're joining us on Sunday, whether you're joining us midweek or joining us through podcasts, we're so grateful you took the time just to connect with us, albeit digitally or audio, uh, audio-ly. <laughs> Is that even a word? Audio-ly? <laughs> anyway, we're glad you did. We're, we're glad you did. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, our friends over at Orange. I'd like to thank um, our students, our parents. Thank you so much for making a commitment to having your kids uh, join us each and every Wednesday night over at the courtyard. And remember, no programming next Wednesday. It's MEA break in Minnesota. So big, big, <laughs> big, big break there. So no, uh, no programming Wednesday, nor will there be a Sunday stream next week as well, but we'll resume programming after that. But oh, most of all, you know who we need to thank. We need to thank our amazing Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for everything he does in our life. The stuff that he does that we know he does and the stuff that he does that we don't even know he does. He is right here with us and we're so grateful to have him in our life. So let me close this in prayer here this week. Dear God, thank you for being you, for being the one, for being the one who is in charge of everything. We just ask you to guide us through this week. It's a hectic week. Those of us who are traveling through MEA, we just ask uh, for safe travels and uh, for everyone to be brought back. And for those who, for those who are staying put, Rest and relaxation and recharge. Lord, it has been a heck of a year. <laughs> you know it's been a heck of a year, especially for students. And so we just want you to, um, to bless them. Bless our students. Bless the teachers. Bless the leaders. We love you so much. Amen. Have a super week, everybody. Can't wait to see you all very soon.